I'm Bex Dillon and welcome to this podcast, Conversations on Faith and Equality. In this podcast, I got to speak to two people from the Lash community. Now, for those of you who haven't heard of Lash, Lash is a community of that builds friendship and community with people with learning disabilities. And it's spread all over the world. There are communities in 38 countries and there are 11 different communities just in the UK. And I, for me, this is a podcast where I feel like, and I, f- I feel that in most of the podcasts I do that I learn a lot, but I particularly felt that in this because I've been talking to people from Lash for quite a long time in the build-up to actually doing this podcast. So I've spoken to a few different people in different communities and it's been amazing to hear what their lives are like, the sacrifices that people make, but also the impact that people with learning disabilities have had on their lives and we wanted to hear from someone who has a learning disability as well of how they see life their experience ways that they think the world could be better and to just understand for so much of this podcast I just have wanted to understand different people's lives different people's experience of how the world treats them and Lash is an amazing community and I felt really honoured to have Alex talk to us about how he's experienced COVID particularly and his life. He's 26, he lives with his mum, he has autism and some other learning disabilities. But I loved speaking to him, he made me laugh, he is so warm and interesting to speak to and his carer Louise, I loved hearing her story and how long this has been her being part of Lash or being part of other communities and also the community that they're part of in Nottingham none of them are paid they're all there just because they genuinely love each other and want to care for one another and there's something amazing about the way that that they do community and live their lives and in just supporting one another caring for one another and I feel like I learned so much from it and they've been through a lot in coping with the pandemic but also Jean Vanier the founder who was kind of seen as this amazing man who started it when after he died it came out that actually he had abused some women within who had been working and volunteering within the community and so they've had to also cope with that as a community and keep going and move forward so I really enjoyed speaking to both Alex and Louise and really felt impacted by by them and particularly hearing more about Alex and his life and his mum as you will kind of get bits in this podcast sounds like an amazing woman and speaking to her before doing this I was felt really impacted by her and I'm hoping that she's going to do a podcast so that this will be part of a series we've got Alex and we've got Louise but hopefully we'll hear from his mum too and other people about learning disability is it's something that affects so many people in our country but I don't feel like it's something that we're always talking about so I hope this podcast gives you a little bit more of um, an insight into what it's like to have a learning disability and that I hope you enjoy hearing from Alex and Louise. Thank you so much Alex I've heard lots about you lots of amazing stuff about you from your mum and from Louise so I'm really grateful that you're up for doing this with us 
Um, I'd love to know about you, really, and I'm going to ask you a few questions about yourself and your story. And you live in Nottingham, is that right? With your mum. And this is that's where you are now, at home. And your mum tells me you do lots of different activities in the week. You have a busy week. I, I do pole friction. What's that? Pole friction is a fire... Fire headquarters. Is, is that where you do sort of volunteering there? Work, working as well. Oh. And also, I do, uh, and, and also, I'm working at Rumbertum's, Rumbertum's Cafe in Kimberley, and also work at, and I go to Multi Eind. Oh, wow, what's that? Multi Eind, it's uh, day services. Okay. Uh, I go on a Tuesday and also on a Thursday. And Rum Tums is, is where I work with all, with, with lot, lots of people I know. With so you do lots of work and volunteering. And then um, I think you've got lots of different hobbies that you do as well. Do you do some dance? I do drama and I do dance and I do singing with choir. I do tennis for Great Britain. <laughs> uh, I got I'm there I'm there tonight and there tomorrow afternoon I'm there tomorrow night. Oh wow! Yeah. You said you you do tennis for Great Britain. Yeah. And Special Olympics. And Special Olympics. Wow. Is that training or are you playing matches? Just, train, just training. And then oh, when do you have matches? Well, I've got my first turn, tournament coming up in after half term. Um, um, I'm going to to Leeds, got a tournament up there. That's after that weekend, after half term. That's where I'm going to play. That's my other first tournament. And this is your first time competing, so. No, no. Uh, I've done some the, the, the year before, not last year, the year before. I've done lots of tournaments. It's really good. Uh, catching up with all my tennis friends uh. all around the countries, around the, around, around the UK. Like, I've done Wales, I've done Leeds, I've done Scotland. I've done, I've done Nottingham before, and I've done Grantham before. Wow. It sounds like you do so many different things. Yeah. <laughs> and as well as that, you're also part of the Larsh community. Yeah, but part, part is, I've been with Larsh about... Um, about I start I do, it was I started in two thousand and fifteen. Okay. Uh, when we, we we it's about our last about friends welcome each other and meeting new meeting new people. And the 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 group I used to go to on a first it was at Abbey and Benice and Terry's. And how did you come to join Lash in 2015? Um, it was someone, I think it was 
Dawn actually told me about it. So so I I rang somebody from I rang Denise Terry up. So I went down to meet Kyrie and Amari and Sally and Rachel and those the three three people um at first first day first rose. He didn't call it Rose it was just the first group. And I came, it was my first time being be together. Because I didn't know what, what was Lash all about. I didn't know what, what was Lash all about. I didn't just, know it then. And what would you say it's all about now? It's about coming together and praying and eating and talking, having friends and talking, having a laugh. And praying. And um, in Nottingham, how many people are part of Lash? There's quite a lot. Over thirty. Uh, over thirty. Wow. And are those are people living by themselves, or are they living in in kind of community? Uh, so in our community, we have we all live in our own houses, don't we're we? Our own yeah. houses. When we come together, there's we sometimes we meet outside of large, sometimes we meet so we, we we used to we have we have different we have different in our in our large Nottingham we, we always we have like we we have like commute uh, commute uh, and Kyrin's our leader. And what are the kind of community gatherings like? What do you like about them? Um, we 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 come as a community and we bring we eat food together and we sing and we pray and sometimes we do bocce and sometimes we dance, sometimes we do bowling or we do the Bible. The Bible stories, Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's well, one of the things I wanted to ask is Lash is a sort of faith community and um, I wondered if you have faith, if you believe in God if that's something that's important to you Yes and Have you always had faith? Yeah, I've always been believing God And what do you do to talk to God? I always think about friends to talk to how we how we could change how we could change it how how Lash could change but it's been a tough year last year mm-hmm. well coming out of it but, um, because last year it was so hard I'd stay at home. Yeah, such a hard year, hasn't it? But, but this year now, I, I could do things better now. Gone back to all my clubs. And I got I got lots of things coming up in the summer. Um, I wanted to ask about your faith. So you said you believe in God. I wondered what that means to you, to believe in God. Well, uh, what I 
believe in God is just to remember people around the world. I've paid people around the world and make sure to get their vaccinations first. You have get test or or if you're coming from another country you need to isolate for ten days. Um, yes. and when you go and with Sean, you get to quite praying with Sean. I, when I'm with my other carer, Sean. Who's I, Sean? He he's my carer. I always he's as he has me Friday mornings. He's been working for me for five years. And is he from the church near you? He's based in based of crossings. That's his church. He's based there. I do we do we do pray together. Just pray. Yeah. So you see Sean every Friday and you see Louise every Friday. Do you, are there other people that you see during the week as well? Um, in the week I see the Paul Friction staff and also I see the Monty Hyde staff and also I see Rumbertum staff as well. So you get to see lots of people. Yeah. And you said this last year has been... Um, a hard year. I think it's been a hard year for everyone, hasn't it? And ha- have a lot of those things stopped for you, the groups that you normally go to and the meeting uh, with people? When we heard about the coronavirus, I, we, we, uh, I heard it on the, the news. Well, my mum did tell me it was the last year, it was in March. Uh, that to cancel lots of things and people were struggling and it was t- 12 months we had to stay at home. I was okay, uh, I did some scrapbooking instead, that was good. And I did, I couldn't, I couldn't go to college, but they didn't because I had to uh, stay at home last year. Yeah. COVID-19, it was a hard time, but you had to stay at home. You couldn't go on holiday. You couldn't be left out. You have to do meetings on Zoom. How did you find that? It was really boring to start with, and we had to watch the, the news, think what was all this Sports clubs were closed, cancelled, of people we didn't see family or friends. And some of my friends were, were struggling the last year. We used to do standing gates and on doors and just, just taking large people shopping over a dump bits of bobs for that and last year I did more stuff for people as well from last year and earlier this year as well that uh, last Christmas I had to go around to schools without any Christmas presents I had to do a job for that it was really good to do it
Mm. That's so nice that you were helping people in that time. Did you feel like you had support still during that time? Uh, Well, it was, well, I didn't, because last year I didn't have any any support, because all that Sean was at home, he couldn't see me, I couldn't see him. So we had to, well, he he had to stay at home to be safe, secured. It was just, just sad. It it was difficult not to see him. Yeah, it's really hard. So hard to not be able to see people. I think that's one of the hardest things about it, wasn't it? Yeah. And I know that you have felt really strongly about people getting the vaccine and that you've been a sort of advocate for that. I did my uh, campaign. I I did it. I I spoke. I I wrote to my MP Lillian Greenwood, and we were about it. And then she she replied. She she wrote back to me, and she think well. Well, I said to her, we need to get more more vaccinations for children or or. Young adults vaccination first. That was that was good, and uh, it was just to help people to get their vaccinations. Yeah, because yeah. they weren't a priority yeah. at the time. What so? What, what did your letter say when you wrote to the MP? What did you ask? Uh, about my. I said to everyone, go in. It was. Hang on, I'll grab it for you so you can. Oh, great, I'd love to hear it. You asked people to write to their MP, so that was your campaign, wasn't it? To, yeah, yeah, to and, write them. So we think at least probably 100 people wrote to their MP because of your campaign. Yes, mm. hundreds wow. of people. Yeah. So Alex's letter said, I want you to know what it's like to be in lockdown with a learning disability. It is very stressful because my activities get cancelled. This is very hard because I don't get to see people as much. I sometimes feel lonely. I miss my activities and my friends. These activities keep me healthy. I want you to talk to the government so that people with disabilities and our carers can get the vaccine first. Information about the pandemic should be written in easy read. I think that you should do a Zoom chat with local people with learning disabilities to hear what it's been like. People with learning disabilities are important and should have a voice. It is important to think about people with learning disabilities and their carers when the government makes decisions about the coronavirus and lockdown. Yeah. That's such a good letter. Yeah. And she responded to you. Yeah, she responded to me and then we... we, uh, And... That was that. that was and that. have you had the vaccine now? Ah, 
Yes, I had my first and I had my second one as well. Oh, that's great. Alex's campaign, because his video, his first video where we asked people to share his letter and contact the MP, had over a had over a hundred shares and was seen three and a half thousand times. Wow. So it was seen by a lot of people. So we can imagine if people are sharing it. Yeah. that they're also writing their letter. Mm. So, um, yes, it was a really important thing to start. And it was great that Alex, it was Alex's idea entirely to start saying, I want to change something. Yeah. That's so good. And um, for people with um, learning disability, I wondered if there's um, how you think people should talk about learning disability do you like people using those words are there other ways you would like people to talk about learning disability these are the things that you talked about last week to me when we had a look at these letters so we talked about whether whether do that so we talked about you we had a conversation last week about inequality didn't we quality where people aren't treated the same or fairly fairly so we talked about which of these do you think are, um, why don't you talk about them where people haven't been treated fairly? You get, you get, um, hate crime when you... So la last week Alex and I had a conversation and you can tell me, if I say what we talked about, you can tell, tell Bex a bit more about it. So one of the things we've talked a lot about is how hard it is when you have a learning disability to meet someone and have a girlfriend, isn't have, it? Have a girlfriend. And that's been yeah. something that's tricky for you. We also talked about this. Do you remember that it's difficult to get... People you don't know. Yeah, it's difficult to meet people you don't know. It's difficult to get a job sometimes, isn't it, if you've got a learning disability? And you were saying... People need to listen to each other and people is proud mix it with that. So this is what you told me last week. So if I read it, then you can say it back to Bex. That might yeah. help. People need to make easy read information and videos. So talk about that. People need to make easy information and videos. How easy did you find the roadmap to understand at the first point? Well, uh, it, I was very, I was okay with it. Mm. And, you know, well, the first, the step one was a bit, the, 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 road, the roadmap was like, we didn't know what was going to happen that time, this time, mm. from, from March in from March to May now. And you said it was confusing to use the word roadmap. And this because is, what's a roadmap? Roadmap is, is where for cars. <laughs> and, and this is to do with road, a, a road map from the government. Yeah, it was he so wanted, confusing, wasn't it? He, he wanted scores going back on the 8th of March. And... It was on the, the 19th, was it the 19th of March, the 19th of March, that's when that to get scrapped, stay that home was ended. Mm. 
And some people, when they said stay at home, they thought that meant don't leave your front door. Don't leave. And so you've got people with learning disabilities who live on their own, yeah. scared to leave the house and go shopping because the government said stay at home. And everyone on social media is saying stay at home, don't leave, don't be selfish. And then if you take that very literally, you're going to then not leave and you might run out of food and you might run out of your medication and then you might be frightened when it comes to going to a shop. So I think sometimes information is, particularly during this pandemic, it's been really hard to keep up for people like me without a learning disability. And then yeah. it's been it's been really tough for you, hasn't it, Alex? Yeah. I, because uh, Louise did the robot for me, because I know... Now, now we're into step three. That's this is like really good. But the uh, step three was like we did step one or two. They're all finished. Yeah. So were there some people in the community who weren't leaving their houses yeah. at all? They were still shielded. But but now you can. But now. Now you're in step three, you, 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 and you can allow to do more things mm. now, like going on holiday, um, mm. going to overnight mm. hot cottages, B&Bs, mm. or... But uh, there were people, Alex, weren't there? There were people who were... In, there was at least one or two in our community... Um, who believe they need to shield in their bedroom in their care home and not allowed to leave their bedroom, yeah. or that they um, yeah, yeah, yeah. that they've been yeah that they've been isolated anyway. Sometimes care homes have added extra rules that have been a bit confusing, and some of our members live on their own, and that you know they've needed a lot of reassurance to understand that you can leave your house. Um, but that they can't just, uh, it's that you can't just go and do anything. So um, you could do essential shopping, couldn't you, Alex? But some people, that's very hard to understand when the headline that you can read says stay at home, and that's what everyone is saying on Facebook, um, that actually it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit more nuanced, and nuance can be very difficult to understand. Um, and that's where I think a lot of the inequality this year has happened is that those those um, when it's not very clear, it can be really confusing. So when extra words like roadmap or um, when they create new new words and phrases, social distancing was a whole new word uh, phrase last year, wasn't it? But I think what hopefully by probably get more than hopefully on the 20th. Oh, let's hope. hope. I hope by then the government will say no more social distance and hopefully we'll be back like it was before and get to see people. But it, they, they, they want to, well, you, you can hug people in your own homes or in a care home. That's what start with pulks now pulks are back together people can hug back together they haven't people haven't seen their friends for a long time so they can go to pubs bars pubs 
quarter to you. Is that right? Mm. And have you found there are other inequalities in not just during the last year, but for you in your life? Have you felt like there are ways that you, things have been difficult for you because of having a learning disability? Uh, not really. Your mum fights very hard for you, doesn't she? My mum's really bit, fights it really hard for me. Sometimes I I want to, if anything happens uh, to my mum, uh, the only person who could help me is Louise or anybody from Larch. And your plan B, aren't I? Plan B, if Louise can't help, stay over. And then, or... That was a big worry in the pandemic, as if something happened to Mum, wasn't it? Yeah. She sounds like an amazing woman. Yeah. She's, uh, she's all right. She gets tired a lot. <laughs> and she does drive me drives me down back and forwards as well. So okay because she's done it for the last over the years. The most I other people sorry, go on. I, I I used to be on transport, not anymore. You sound like you're quite unusual though, Alex. Your mum says you're very sociable and you love meeting people and you remember everyone that you've ever met yeah yeah it must have been hard for you to not see people when you loved seeing people so much then to have a year of not seeing people is really hard yeah I think it was really hard when I, I didn't see people but I can't see people now but God, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully in the summer when we do the last have our own festival, that be coming back together, that would be probably around, and then hopefully I might be going back to Lash mm -hmm. September. I hope, hope the needs. It's so difficult, so many rules all the time for that to try and work out what you can and can't do, isn't it? Um, and Louise, I was wondering for other people in the community, it sounds like Alex is quite unusual that he's so sociable. Have a lot of other people struggled more? Are they more kind of isolated in the activities that they do and what their lives are like? Yeah, so Alex, Alex is very sociable. I've never ever gone anywhere without Alex without him bumping into someone he knows. Um, but um, I would say that a lot of the members of our community are very sociable. But what I, would, but a number of them have had to shield this year, which has been incredibly isolating. Um, some of the uh, some of our members live um, a little bit further out from Nottingham, which also means if you're in a village or a small uh, a small town on the outskirts of Nottinghamshire. That's going to be really hard to stay in touch with people when a lot of the activities have been in uh, sort of more central places. 
um, you know, a lot of people have got fears about going back on public transport. Um, and then, yeah, I, it's, I think there's a huge challenge ahead to enable people to feel comfortable with meeting up and getting around and out again. Um, actually, in Nottingham, we're pretty lucky. There's quite a lot of really interesting ways of um, of have, spending your time away from these traditional day service and a lot of our members are quite well connected in those but I'd say for those who live further away for those in care homes where the rules have been at times really strict um, or in supported living where the rules have been really strict um, you know it's not like it's not like you can just sort of say hey let's go for a walk uh, necessarily they might need a risk assessment or they might need something else um, now that we're all vaccinated, it's feeling a bit more hopeful. Um, but during during the year we've had, so during our pandemic, we've met twice a week, every week, as a minimum, on Zoom. Um, and we've gathered to pray and to sing and to share. And actually, whereas it might have been very easy for this year for us all to sort of, for it all to have fizzled out and and not have seen each other we've had a real commitment um to being together virtually two sessions a week is not you know is not what we'd normally have done um but it's meant that we've all seen each other and often you know you've got 10 15 20 plus people on a zoom yeah. call so um, did everyone find zoom an easy thing to do and to connect with no that's a real inequality for people with learning disabilities particularly if you're on a very low income um and because the pandemic took us by surprise so uh, there have been now better um technology technologies being made available to people in a better way um one of the people we had to well we offered to provide a tablet for because she didn't have access um, one of our members is really struggling with engaging with Zoom and we haven't seen her um, during this time. That was But, um, yeah, it's not been easy. We've been on a lot of explaining as we go, a lot of phone calls with carers and parents explaining how to get on to Zoom. Now, what's really interesting is the confidence with which our members use um, technology, both with and without learning disabilities, actually, um, we've we've all had a, it's been a steep learning curve. Going forward, I think there'll be lots of opportunities for us to still do Zoom sometimes, not all the time, though. And with all your experience, Louise, of being involved um, in different, you know, with LASH and before with people with learning disabilities, what barriers do you think you've seen in society, things that need to change? Uh, we've got a history in this country, a shameful history of institutionalising adults, uh, children as well with learning disabilities, with huge hospitals, sometimes called asylums. And Lars was born out of that sort of in, in that people, people weren't welcome in society and they were hidden away. Um, and we've come a long way in some respects, but in others we have not. And I think that um, there are huge sort of misconceptions about people with learning disabilities and their ability to um, to make decisions. 
uh, people to just live a very normal life. Um, to get anywhere, you still need people to sign things uh, off. You need to put the kettle on? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so you need people to uh, sign things off and uh, get things commissioned. And this is just for people to live a fairly ordinary life with a bit of support. Um, I think that uh, we still have a long way to go with people building um, sort of personal relationships and intimate relationships. Um, for a long time, um, sex and relationship education just wasn't taught to adults with learning disabilities. And um, and that there are some people who are changing that, but I know more people who are lonely and would love someone to have to be their girlfriend or boyfriend than I do people. In fact, I can't think of anyone that I know personally in a long-term uh, relationship with another person. Um, I think that we look at the the vulnerability added in that. So, um, you know, the risks to people with learning disabilities are much higher. Um, I think that can change, and I think that people are educated in mainstream schools. That will change things. Uh, you know, growing up with people with learning disabilities meant that that was just part of my normal um, I didn't really know that and my children are growing up with people with learning disabilities as their role models I mean what a wonderful opportunity and, and that's the same as I grew up really adults mm. who who I loved and looked up to and cared about deeply um, and I think you know there's still huge issues around hate crime and reporting of hate crime um, yeah, and Alex said that and what does he mean by that of hate crime so I mean I, I, Hate crime can be, for, I've seen recently um, some really unpleasant things on Twitter with learning disability activists. Um, so people with learning disabilities who are starting to more and more do um, online activism. And uh, that was one of my big fears, actually, when Alex did his campaign for trolls who think, you know, it'd be funny to to say something because Alex... Is, is different to someone because of his learning disability. He speaks slightly differently. He, you know, I, I was anxious, and I would probably guess that his mum was too. And uh, I, when that was sort of spreading quite quickly, um, I spent a lot of time keeping an eye on that because uh, I just didn't want for a second for someone to write something unpleasant. But that does happen. I've seen it on Twitter more recently um, with an activist I follow. Um you know, and they're being attacked because of having learning disabilities or they're just saying things about the way that they are. Both, both. I mean, people like people behind a screen like to take a pop at anyone who they think might be vulnerable. And... I find it so hard to understand. I was like, what? <laughs> I just can't understand the like, trolling thing. It seems... Horrible. It's so unnecessary as well. Thank you, Alex. It's so unnecessary. Um... And it just but does that cruel. seem to happen more to people with learning disability? I, I would say probably because I think particularly if that person starts to get a little bit of a following, I think that they are, yeah, you can see. And also you might have someone who doesn't necessarily always have the social network around them to, or the 
uh, you know, people with learning disabilities haven't necessarily always been taught how to use the internet um, <laughs> and how to deal with that safely and how to act safely. So there are vulnerabilities, I think, there that then, when it does happen, mm. um, how, do, how do you deal with that? You know, how do you... Um, you know, I've put the things a couple of times on Twitter that have got a little bit of a bite back and <laughs> and I've kind of gone, oh, well, those people uh, are just a bit sad. But if you haven't had necessarily the education around that, yeah. um, then then that's going to be harder. And, and um, so, so yeah. And, and, you know, the person I'm thinking of, she does a great job of blocking and moving on and, and saying this person's not being very helpful, very kind, but um, I can see sometimes that the reaction is this is really hard for her. So, um, but there are other hate crimes, you know, we do hear of um, horrible things happening to people, particularly people who are quite vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, I know of people who've been used for their money, you know, taken to ATMs and cleared out by friends. Um, encouraged to shoplift come across that once or twice um so yeah I, I, it, and those 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 things are happening because of their learning disability yeah. they are lack of understanding. yeah focusing in on a vulnerability and a need to be liked um and and so yeah it's it, it's tough um yeah one of the things that Larch Nottingham does, and Larch in a, in a whole, is gives that amazing support network where something's going wrong. You know, I've had messages from members who have a learning disability asking me a question, or is this real, or um, checking in, saying I'm feeling really rubbish. Or, Good luck. But, um, but then again, actually, what I will say on that is health inequality is a huge issue for adults with learning disabilities. So they were forgotten initially from the vaccination programme. Um, the risks to adults with learning disabilities going into hospital are higher. You're more likely to have a, a bad outcome. You might die. You might have a um, you might have a serious outcome, sort of physically, um, because people don't always feel pain in the same way, or they believe that they don't feel pain in the same way. Um, there are so many misconceptions. Communication can be difficult, and I. I dread to think what this last year of of what it's been like for sometimes carers to fight to be in hospital um, with their child or with their friend or whoever. Um, you know, I dread to think the outcomes that we might learn of eventually. Uh, we've had a situation in last a number of years ago where, uh, not a number of years ago, just a couple of years ago, where... Joe in Manchester died as a result of um, negligence as, from the hospital um, because people don't read the files necessarily. People, Not all people with learning disabilities have a medical passport which helps communicate what they like, what's helpful, how they communicate pain. Um, you can't expect cuts and pushed services to respond in the way. And unfortunately, if you've got someone whose communication skills, are, uh, their communication is, is different to um, someone without a learning disability, um, you know, that person might not get the same care. And 
sometimes they don't and sometimes those people suffer as a result and um I know that that's something that Larsh is really passionate about and I just I do think that one of the beauties of our community is that again that safety net where we do check in we do keep an eye on each other um and uh I would hope that we would be a community that if a push came to shove and we needed to we would be fighting and we would be gathered around and, and doing everything we could and advocating wherever needed for that person. The other thing I wanted is how being part of LASH has affected your faith. Mm-hmm. You can answer as well, Alex, if you want to. Fairly for LASH, not over people. Though. What's your favourite song we sing? Pastor and all of my soul, all of my soul, I worship for you love it, don't you? Yeah. It's one of your favourite. That's a good one. So Alex, Alex, really, you sing, don't you? You love to sing, and that's one of your favourites. For me, faith has changed dramatically in that time. I used to have a very rigid faith, very black and white, very this or that. Um, Lash slowed me down in that. It gave me a way of working out the world in a different way and appreciating relationships and um, time together and silence. It sounds like such an amazing community, Lash, that, and that it's something of the sort of simplicity of just friendship, really, and being friends with people that are different to you as part of seeing the kind of beauty of God, of creation, of the world that we live in. Yeah, but also they'll, do you know what, Bex, they'll tell me off too. Uh, people might, if the word if you would ask a friend, or oh, they might describe me as some people might call me formidable. Um, or they, <laughs> um, uh, it's been said before. And actually, I love the Alex will tell me what he thinks. And if I, he thinks I've been a bit over the top, he'll tell me. So will other, some of our other friends. You'll just tell me what you think. Straightforward. And that's okay. really good for me. <laughs> Uh, you know that it's all you know beauty of creation that's all important but actually also just the straightforwardness the mm-hmm. the ability for people to say what they think and to still be loved be real yeah i'm more myself wow. as a result i wanted to just quickly ask you about jean vanier yeah just at the end just because i guess it's amazing to see that lush you know, hear about LASH now and what it's like in the community and know that it's, you know, it's all over the world. It's in 154 countries or something, is it? I was, no, 38 countries, but 154 communities. Yeah, that's right. And um, so it's this great, and, you know, a few years ago when people talked about Jean Vanier, who started the community, who sort of had this kind of, like he was this sort of amazing spiritual leader, almost saint-like in how he was described and talked about, even when he died a few years ago. It was like this incredible man of God. And then since then it's come out that he's abused six women and, and had done for years over like a long period of time. And that's such a disappointing thing, even... When I saw it in the news, I was—I I never knew him. I just heard of him and heard these amazing things, and so disappointing to hear that about someone who had done great things and was seen in that way. And I just wondered how that's been for you personally, being part of the community for so long, and how the community's kind of 
managed that and kept going and coped with it? Yeah, um, the news about Jean was deeply, deeply painful. Um, it was, in some ways, it was like a bereavement. So when Jean died, we all, you know, he was he was old, and we knew that his time was coming, and um, we knew that he was going to die. He'd been ill, and and so for particularly for those who knew him, obviously that was painful. But to hear this news, where he had hurt. And abused women, and and that possibly they'd felt silenced by his power and his his position and his, like you say, you know, his sort of saintliness uh, as 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 it was perceived, um, was like a, actually a, a bigger a bigger loss for me personally. I was furious and upset, and um, and then I had to get a lot of that in check because I was part of the group in our community who shared the news with with the other members so um we were primed ready to be able to help people understand the reason I'm in Lash is you know I, I I heard him speak and that I kind of knew one day I'd go myself at 16 I knew that that I'd end up in Lash having heard him speak um at Lourdes and with the faith and light retreat uh, pilgrimage sorry so it was it was like a a, a grief and um, and it was a grief that kind of absorbed absorbed my mind and my and my thoughts. But the thing I think that really won through for our community, I'll say at the very least, is that Jean Jean's founding of our community uh, as an international federation and of the community in Trolley. Jean didn't own that. We owned our community. Alex owns our community. I own our community because we are invested in it and we're intentionally there um, building building this amazing family. And so, yes, yes, it was hard and, and personally, and, and, you know, I'm aware of people who did know him personally and were in community with him who also had no idea of any of this and were deeply and profoundly uh, rocked by this revelation. And, of course, those women who, who experienced such, such sort of torment for so long. But our community is beyond that is bigger than that because our community is based on a love for each other and love does not conquer all but it helps I think we have a lot of to do still I mean a pandemic has sort of put this all into perspective really because at the beginning of the year last year and my family had a bit of a troubly time and then uh February we had the revelations about Jean and then I remember just getting to the end of February and thinking gosh what else could happen this year it'd been a really rubbish two months and then and then we went into lockdown and it really did sort of change dramatically and I think it put it in perspective it made us really want to hold on and it uh the pandemic put put it put all of this into a place where we kind of had something bigger to focus on and and that was each other and it kind of says a lot about Lush, you know, and I know that that has been the same in the houses across this country from the conversations I've had with community leaders and with people in different communities. And I get the impression that's the same across the world. But grief 
comes back and every now and again something will hit me and I'll I'll be furious or upset again yeah because it can yeah because it because grief just does that it just grabs you at a moment you're not expecting but in Lash we're good with grief in Lash we know that death is part of life that we recognize we recognize that and we uh, acknowledge that and when someone dies in a community it's a time where people come together it's a time where people um hold each other and 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 hold each other firm and and I suppose you might say that that's you know we 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 are good at difficult conversations and we're good at holding together when times are hard and so with that grief that corporate grief we've just done that we've held together and we've experienced this new kind of grief together um yeah there's some work to be done and Lash UK and Lash International are doing some of some really good work around making sure that we continue to be safe and a community that is and an organisation that is um, standing firm and, and, and saying no, so, you know, this is not acceptable, this kind of yeah. behaviour. Um, you know, I was in a conversation just the other day with uh, musicians from uh, the UK and Canadian communities and uh, one of our favorite, you know, a lot of the favorite songs in Lash are by David Huss, who also was, um, um, it was found that he'd kind of uh, done similar things to Jean and, um, and and abused women over years. And we were having the conversation that we know we, we need to start losing his songs because we don't agree with that and we can't be seen to, to we don't want to be seen to be siding with people who hurt others. Um, so yes, I think, I think that, uh, there's a lot to be done, but, you know, since we just pray for God, we do, we pray to God, don't we? But Alex, what I was, every Thursday now, since roughly since those revelations were came, came out and, um, during Lent last year, we gathered on Zoom from the beginning of the pandemic as a national community. Now, sometimes that's six of us, sometimes that's been 60 of us across the country but actually one of the amazing things is how the UK communities have found ways of holding together through being able to speak and pray virtually and throughout this last year we've gathered for 20 minutes a half an hour to pray on a Thursday evening and hold the lush UK communities in prayer and that wasn't happening before but there's been a lot to pray for and there's been a lot to hold in prayer and a lot to hold together for. So, yeah. you know, it would have been nice not to have had the storm. Yeah. <laughs> in the sense, it would have been nice that Jean hadn't done these things. These women were right to come forward. Um, but but without that storm, perhaps we wouldn't have where we are now. Mm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Dolly Parton says you can't have the rainbow without the rain. So, you know, we are where we are. Yeah. Are I guess it's are. so hard, like you're saying with the songs, you know, it's easy when something that happens to be like, let's just have nothing to do with that person because they did these things. It's like, you might feel that about him, but that doesn't mean that Lash has to end. Like, it wasn't actually him that made it how it was. And although we kind of, easily in life like to give all praise to one person there's actually many people that make things work normally but we slightly idolize 
individuals. This happens every now and again. We have uh, put someone on a pedestal and, you know, that too much power to one person is never good. Too much idolisation of one person is never good. And, you know, I don't think we thought of it like that before, but, but perhaps we'll learn that we need to just keep hold people accountable. No one is beyond reproach. No one is should be so powerful or considered so holy that people can't step forward and say, this isn't okay. When I go to play tennis. Oh, yeah, yeah, go play tennis. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for doing the interview. Thank you for doing it. It's been so nice to meet you on Zoom. And if you ever want to come to Brighton, you and your mum are welcome to come visit us. Um, uh, Mark, <laughs> I don't know when I can fit a date in. <laughs> Do you know what you're, you're saying? Busy. I'm working with a group of people with the university. Yes, you've been interviewed as part of a study around the pandemic and people with learning disabilities, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, that's great. Everyone wants to talk to Alex. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. So nice to hear from you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you for the time. Enjoy your tennis. Thank you for listening to this podcast, Conversations on Faith and Equality, with Alex and Louise from the Large Community. Now, they haven't asked me to say this, but if any of you feel like you would like to give to help the Large Community, either in Nottingham or just in the UK or in general, internationally, then I'm sure they would be grateful to receive any donations that you would like to give. You can find them on their website they'll have details of how to give i loved hearing from these guys and just the way that they do life and care for each other in researching for this podcast and reading more and listening to more about learning disability found these statistics that 50 percent of people with learning disability experience chronic loneliness and that 41 percent of adults don't have more than yearly contact with family and I think hearing how they do life and the kind of community that they have compared to the statistics of it just shows what an important role the large community is having. And but also the struggle that people have gone through in during the pandemic, people already feeling isolated, feeling more isolated. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Alex and Louise. And if you would like to like the podcast, subscribe, tell your friends about it, share it, then that would be great. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.